everybody and welcome back to Behind the Space Bar. If this is your first time, thanks so much for being here. Behind the Space Bar is a podcast for uh, playback techs, musicians, music directors, really anyone that performs on stage with Ableton Live. Today we're going to talk about how to learn new software quickly. And I'm going to talk about this as best as I can software agnostically, as well as um, uh, domain agnostic, if that makes sense. So Yes, we talk about Ableton Live here very often. We talk about playback techs, music directors very often. But the four tips that I'm going to share today really will apply um, no matter what domain you're working in. If you're a video editor, if you are uh, an IT professional, um, if you're, uh, let's see, what else, a podcaster, whatever it is, uh, these these tips and tricks will apply no matter what domain we're talking about. Um, same thing with software, whether you're learning Photoshop, Canva, uh, Final Cut, uh, you know, whatever it is, Excel, Google Sheets, whatever the software is, Ableton Live, great software, whatever the software is, these four tips will apply here. I think this is important because um, here's where I, I see a, a big downfall of a lot of um, content creation on the internet. Sometimes I struggle with this. It's definitely a downfall with people that are trying to learn how to do something. We live in a world where if you want to learn how to do something, you can. The The answers uh, exist on the internet or someone soon will create that answer. Or you can be connected to someone who can help you find the solution to that problem, find the answer to your question, right? Uh, the answer to anything exists. You can learn how to do anything on the internet, right? That's an amazing time we, we live. And we don't have to be behind a computer. It's on our mobile phone. We have access to all of that. So um, that's an amazing place to be. But one of the things I see a struggle with often is sometimes we rely more on trying to figure out how as opposed to why. And a perfect example I have for this is I teach a lot about iConnectivity devices, in particular the Play Audio 12, the Mio XM, the Mio XL. I have courses on the site that walk through um, each of those interfaces. Here's a Play Audio 12, here's a Mio XM, here's a Mio XL. And I have uh, lessons and courses and tutorials that show here's how to connect a Mio XM to a Play Audio 12 via Ethernet, via USB. Here's how to, you know, just different combinations of lessons, tutorials, and content. But one thing I often see when it comes to those pieces of hardware is people will change the context in which they're using them. So maybe they used to play Audio 12, uh, they were playing keys, and they used it for uh, main stage to output audio. They used a Mio XM to you know, connect it to the Play Audio 12, let's say via USB. And they were plugging MIDI from their keyboards into that to then get into main stage, right? They changed their context. They're now playback tech side of stage. They need to create a satellite style setup where uh, they have a, a Mio XM at drums. They have a Mio XM uh, at guitar, a Mio XL at keys, and the Play Audio 12 is side stage to them. Well, as soon as they change the context, they struggle and go, I have no clue how to do this. Well, it's not that difficult to do if you move from trying to understand how and move to understanding why. And this is probably a, a conversation that uh, we should have. Actually, I think we've already had this on the podcast, if I remember correctly. I believe it was a very early episode of the podcast. I'll have to go back and check. Um, but uh, moving from how to why is super important. And one of the things I particularly see when it comes to new software is people pick up a new piece of software and they will focus on learning how. How do I do this? And that's one of the things we'll talk about in these four tips I have is learning how to do a specific skill in the software. But what we miss is is a bit of the why so these four tips i'm going to share today will help you learn any software quickly again whether it's google sheets ableton live whether you're using it for uh, audio performance podcasting 
creating content, whatever it is, graphic design, whatever your context is, whatever the software is, these four tips will help apply. And really at the core, these four tips are trying to help you move from simply understanding how. How do I remove the background of the image in Canva, right? Um, that's the important thing. Uh, let's learn how to do that in Canva. Let's Google this. We'll find a tutorial, whatever. Great. But uh, we want to move from the how to the why. And um, let's get into the context. I'm about to give away my very first tip here that I think is going to help. But um, when it comes to learning software quickly, number one tip I have is learn the worldview of the software. Okay. Um, this maybe sounds esoteric. It maybe sounds like, okay, let's get really practical with this. Well, but let me give you two practicalities. I just mentioned Canva earlier. Again, I'm going to try to be cross domain and as software agnostic as possible. Let's pick Canva as an example. What is the worldview of Canva? You compare Canva to something like Illustrator uh, or Photoshop. Uh, both of those tools are professional tools for graphic designers, uh, uh, Photoshop and Illustrator. They have every type of menu command you can imagine. Um, uh, Adobe has done their best to try to simplify these, to remove technical debt, to, to make these uh, you know easy softwares for beginners to learn, as well as experts to use. But they're really tools custom built for graphic designers to do specific tasks, right? Um, and it used to be people that were marketing folks and maybe not graphic designers would have to open Illustrator. I'm one of those folks that, you know, the first year and a half, I think of from studio stage being in existence, I had a creative cloud subscription and I was trying my best to use Illustrator and Photoshop to create graphics. And I just basically gave up and asked my wife to do it. Who's a graphic designer by trade. And she got it. She understood it. She could do it. Um, but there were so many buttons and layers and things. And that's not bad that there were so many levers you could pull to do things. That's not a bad thing. That's just the worldview of that software is, um, you know, everything that a professional graphic designer could ever need to do those softwares do, whether it's photo editing, whether it's graphic layout, you know, design or whatever, those are great. Well, here comes Canva again. If we start with number one, understand the worldview of the software. What's the worldview of Canva? The worldview of Canva is if you're not a graphic designer, you shouldn't have to learn complicated software. It should be easy. It should be simple. So Canva is going to strip away the controls. So I think we miss it sometimes when we are evaluating tools and we say, I need a tool that's made for professional graphic designers that gives me um, excruciating control over every single exacting detail. And we look at Illustrator and we look at Canva and we choose Canva. And then we get frustrated when you know we don't have all these layers and can't do all these different things. There's layers in Canva, but you know what I mean? All these really de you know depth of control things that you only get in this this other tool. Um, don't be mad at the tool. You got to understand the worldview of the tool. Let me give you another example. So I said Canva. Uh, let's talk about Ableton Live, particularly comparing Ableton Live to Pro Tools. Pro Tools is, is obviously the industry standard when it comes to recording. There's some people that use it for production, some. Um, there's some people that use it for uh, on stage for playback, and we call those people foolish people. Um, but uh, there's there's people that use uh, Pro Tools in different contexts, but primarily it's used in studios. Uh, it's the quote unquote industry standard when it comes to recording software. And then there's Ableton Live. Let's talk about the different worldview of those softwares. Again, Pro Tools is the software that is made for engineers. It's made for precision. It's made for uh, you know exacting uh, detail and capture and mixing. Uh, of content, right? What's Ableton Live made for? Well, its initial worldview was live performance of pre-recorded content for DJs, right? But then people really quickly started to realize that because it had more of a creative bend to it, 
in the sense of it was less of let me go to this menu and select this and select that and select that to make sure I have the right type of audio track. And it's command T gives me an audio track, right? You know, do I choose stereo or mono? No, you just create an audio track. Now, some people get frustrated at that. They want this, these extra level of detail in Ableton Live. They want all these different layers, these different things. That's not what it was created for, right? Learn the worldview of the software. Here's a couple of things that may help. One, kind of what's the unique proposition that the software is, is trying to accomplish? If they have worked with a good copywriter, uh, if they've worked with a good marketing person, they've they've probably tried to boil that down to one sentence description. And that's really hard to do as a company. For instance, from studio to stage right now is learn to run tracks like a pro in Ableton Live. I think that's really good, but we also talk about more than Ableton Live. We talked about uh, we talk about creating a connected stage. So I struggle sometimes with is that the best representation from the company? Well, it is if you're looking to use tracks, but then we also talk about playback and prime. You know, so it's it's really really difficult. But again, Canva. Let's look at Canva versus Illustrator. Canva is, um, you know, you shouldn't have to learn complicated software to create great graphics. That's template heavy. They rely on templates a lot, really simple controls, and they implement things that people that uh, um, are trying to create graphics or social media, graphics for marketing campaigns need the, the ability to remove a background from an image is you know, one click and all that happens under the hood. As opposed to Illustrator, which is every tool you could possibly need, but you may struggle to kind of find it. One's not better than the other. It's all context. It's all kind of understand what you need. Again, unique proposition, Able to Live is focused on creativity. It's focused on getting out of the way, helping you capture your content really easily, and then giving you freedom and flexibility when you're using that content, performing that content on stage. So you've got to understand the worldview of the software. One, that's going to help you figure out, is this software for you or not? It's going to help you decide between different softwares. Should you go Ableton Live? Should you go Logic? Should you go Pro Tools, Studio One? Um, it's also going to help you pick up maybe what that software is better at than other softwares, right? Main stage. A lot of people love main stage because it's main focus is, um, to use on stage to host key sounds, uh, Ableton live. That's not its main focus, but I know people that use Ableton live for keys and they use it because of the functionality the look. But if you look at main stage and you look at Ableton live and you're frustrated that Ableton live doesn't look more skeuomorphic, it doesn't look like you see keyboards and the layers and things. Well, don't get mad at Ableton Live. Use MainStage or use a software like that that looks like that. Okay, hopefully that makes sense. Now, uh, number one, learn the worldview of the software. Number two, learn to read the map. What I mean by that is um, I think of learning software kind of like being on a road trip. Okay, um, if you're on a road trip, you, you start in one place, you end in another place. Let's talk about the first time you make that road trip. Um, you start, you end. As you're driving, you see landmarks along the way. You look at the map. Now, let's be honest. I should update this because no one knows how to read a map anymore. We just plug things into our phone. But even when you look at the map on your phone, my wife and I were just in Anaheim uh, for Nam, and we're looking, trying to see what's nearby. We're at Disneyland, trying to figure out where to go in the park. We're looking at this map, and um, the first time we walked by things, in fact, our first time at Disneyland, it was super confusing. We're not sure where to go. How do we get from this ride to that ride? Now, granted, it's Disneyland, so it was like three steps, and then we're at the next ride. But um, we things looked unfamiliar to us. We felt uh, not uncomfortable because you're at Disneyland, but we felt like we don't really know where we're going. These we, These things don't look familiar. After about an hour, because we looked at the map, we learned the landmarks, we were able to read the map we like navigated the the park like a pro like we'd go start over here let's get over here we could do it really really quickly we knew exactly where we were at all times we knew kind of spatially if we're uh on jungle cruise indiana jones 
Um, you know, we could walk over here to go to this ride. We could walk over there to go to that ride. When you're first looking at stuff, you're going on a road trip for the first time. Those landmarks seem really unfamiliar. You're, you're kind of unsure. You're uncomfortable. You're uneasy. Do I turn right? Do I turn left? But then after you make that trip a few times, you, you, um, start to recognize landmarks. You go, Oh, I remember that. I remember it here. Yeah, that's right. Turn right here. You remember that we saw this building and then we know it's the next left or, or whatever it is. The same thing has to happen with software. Um, we have to learn to read the map by that. I just mean the basics of the interface. Okay. If you open Canva and, um, we need to know, okay, when I first look at it, don't necess necessarily understand how to use it, but understand why. And here's what I mean by that. You open the interface, just go to each button and go, okay, this says undo. All right. So that would mean I could undo things. Okay, great. Now this means this. Okay. Uh, over here is where I upload images. And then I do that. Don't necessarily understand how to use it. Just, just look at the map and just literally like go through and go, okay, here's the different pieces. I have a course on the site it needs to be updated for live 11, but I have a course on the site called navigating understanding live right now. It's based off live 10. But the first few lessons of that, I just literally give you a tour of Live's interface. And I say, we're not going to necessarily talk about how to do this. We're not going to talk about how to overdub MIDI. I just want you to understand why this button is there. This button lets you overdub MIDI. So if you're recording something and you want to add on top of that, you click this. It's going to allow you to overdub MIDI. This button is capture MIDI, which basically means you hit it. And if you're playing, it's going to capture your MIDI stuff. Don't go in depth. Don't start going in depth on things quite yet. Just learn the map so that when you look at the interface, the next time you open the software, it's going to feel a little more familiar. You're going to uh, know where to go to do certain things. You're not going to necessarily know how to do it, but you're going to go, okay, I need to edit my clip. I remember Will saying that down at the bottom is detail view and as a part of detail view is clip view. Uh, that's right. And he said double click. So you double click the clip and there you find it. Now you can go a little deeper then, but you want to understand the basics of the interface so that when you look at it, you can find everything. So learn to read the map, learn the landmarks, learn to understand the interface. Number three, learn how to translate what you already know how to do to that software. And I'm talking very, very basic skills, very, very basic. I, I, um, because of my ignorance of other domains let's and other software, let's talk about Ableton Live. Let's talk about it in a live performance context. So I just get Ableton Live. What are, what are the basics that I need to learn how to do? Connect my audio interface, connect my MIDI controller. If I'm in the studio, record uh, for live route audio. Um, uh, you know, just, just build an Ableton live set, you know, maybe that's going a little too far, but just basics. Let's just stick with basics for a second. Connect my audio interface, route inputs and outputs, connect my MIDI controller, uh, record MIDI parts, record audio. And then maybe we say record, you know, edit audio as well too. I just start with the basics. I don't start with how do I fully record, edit, mix, master a song in Ableton live and distribute that to Apple music. That's, that's getting, starting to get us into number four. Number three, though, is just the basics, right? Um, you know, for a recording software, if I'm going from Ableton Live to Pro Tools, I'm going to start by connecting my interface, connecting my MIDI controller, understanding how to record, and then I'm just going to do the basics, basic things. Here's the really great thing. If you focus on becoming good at, at, at skills, like how to capture a guitar really well, how to mic a guitar well, how to set gain structure really well, which was interesting at NAMM, the amount of interfaces that had like a smart gain feature. So that's really cool. I like how uh, companies are innovating there. Audient had that focus right on their Voco Pro. Um, I believe that was the name, uh, Vocaster. I think that's what it was, yeah. Uh, anyway, just really cool stuff. I'm, I'm 
diving too deep in one specific domain, but learn how to translate what you already know. Um, uh, Canva, I'm trying to think of an example here. How do I load graphics? How do I um, uh, distribute items? How do I say, move this to the forefront, move this to the back? How do I layer this text on top of an image? Those sorts of things, right? So number three, learn how to translate what you already know. That's gonna help add a little bit more comfort. Most of these things can be done within a day, a couple days of each other, a week of each other. This last one and final tip here is the one that's going to take a little bit of time um, and it's going to be very specific, hyper-specific to you and your use case. Number four, learn to solve a specific problem issue with this software. Uh, take a specific project. Um, I want to learn to use tracks on stage. Okay, so I'm pick Ableton Live. What's the unique worldview of the software? I should be able to work quickly, have freedom and flexibility not be tied down to a specific arrangement. Great. Number two, learn to read the map basics of the interface. Okay, I go through, I learn the basics of session view, learn the basics of arrangement view. I've gone through some from studio stage content. So I understand that I should use arrangement view when I'm playing back pre-recorded song content because it has a structure to it. Then number three, learn to translate what I already know. Okay, so I'm going to connect my interface. I'm going to load uh, WAV files, uh, AIF files into an Ableton Live set. I'm going to learn to connect my MIDI controller. I'm going to learn to route audio from sends and returns to, or from return tracks to outputs on my interface. Uh, all with the goal of number four, learning to solve a specific issue. I want to run tracks. So then when I get into a specific issue, then I start going, okay, so how do I build songs, format songs? How do I build sets? How do I have the freedom to jump around? Right? And you learn a specific piece of this. And I, I always kind of chuckle let me pick on, uh, as I often do, let me pick on worship leaders and music directors for a moment. Um, I often chuckle when people will reach out and they'll say, hey, I want to become an Ableton Live certified trainer. I go, great. Number one, listen to my episode on Behind the Space Bar of what that means, what it takes, you know, then kind of get back to me. And often at that point, what, what they really mean is I've used Ableton Live for about a year. I watched your content. Uh, maybe I watched some Loop Community stuff. Maybe I watched some Church Front stuff. And I learned to load tracks into Ableton Live to play back tracks. Um, I'm a master at Ableton Live now. You know, that's kind of like the, the, the subtext there. And, uh, and I always kind of chuckle because I go, okay, um, how, have you set up like a DJ setup style setup in Session View? Well, no, 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 I haven't done that. Have you done like a live looping performance or do you understand how to do that in Session oh, No, not necessarily. Okay, have you recorded any projects in Ableton Live? Well, no, no, I use Pro Tools for that. Okay, that's that's fine. Okay, have you produced any music, set up a MIDI controller, created drum beats, done some sound design and suite? Well, no, 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 I know how to run tracks. Um, again, picking on those folks because um, you've learned a specific small chunk slice piece of what Ableton Live does. The bigger, greater community, Ableton Live community, uses Ableton Live to produce, to record. And those of us that are using it for live performance are the smallest little slice, smallest little piece of that pie. But there's this whole other world that's available to us, and that's okay. Don't feel overwhelmed. Don't feel like you've got to go learn how to do every single thing in Ableton Live. Now, if you're going to become a certified trainer, I do highly encourage you to know more outside of your context. Go to that Ableton Live. Actually, I'm going to make a note here to link to the uh, certified trainer episode um, because uh, that could that could be very, very helpful or will be very, very helpful if, if you're, you're someone that's listening to this and going, I'm right where Will's talking about, right? Learn that extra context, learn things outside of your particular context. But 
Um, for now, that's okay. You don't have to learn how to do everything. You don't have to learn how to uh, create and edit movies um, uh, in Canva. You don't have to learn to uh, create business cards in Canva. You just literally need to make an Instagram graphic. Make that, solve your problem, dive through all the layers of that, learn how to try to get better at that, how to improve your workflow, uh, and you're going to be good. That, that gets me to a bonus tip. Uh, number five kind of bonus tip. I said four, but I'll give you a bonus tip. After you get this down, strive to find a better, faster, more efficient way to do what you just did. So um, yes, learn the worldview of the software, learn how to read the map, learn how to translate what you already know, um, solve a specific skill set and problem. Before you go on, try to learn a more efficient, uh, better, you know, maybe the company says this is the right way to do it approach. And that's going to set you up for success. So then from there, you can learn how to do more than what you just learned. And again, if you want to be an Ableton Live certified trainer, you've got to understand those different contexts, understand how to do that. But that's a couple tips, four plus one bonus tip on how to learn new software quickly. Again, I hope this works and helps, uh, is knowledge that you can apply to across any domain, across any software, to any software. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, do me a favor. Uh, leave us a rating and review. Um, uh, you, if you leave a review, that's even better. Um, thank you guys so much for your support. If you want to learn more about a specific software, Ableton Live, and using it on stage in a way that's flexible and gives you freedom, then head to fromstudiotostage.com slash free. That's where you can download all the free resources. Um, that are available there. But thanks so much for listening and watching this episode. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. Take care, everybody. Bye.